Welcome to Home and Identity, a podcast examining the meaning of these words in the lives of immigrants and expats. I am your host and producer of this podcast, Sarah Tori. My guest today is Nikki, a Persian-American mom, wife, and engineer who chose the United States as her home about 12 years ago. Nikki shared her stories, culture shocks, and experiences, all of which have helped her to become this amazingly strong, resilient, and accepting individual that she is today. I hope you enjoy her story as much as I did, and let's have a listen. Hi, Nikki. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I'm really excited to hear about your story and some of your experiences that you've had in uh, recent years. Uh, before we get to all of that, would you mind uh, introducing yourself to our audience? Tell us where you are and uh, if you don't mind sharing your age range and uh, how long have you been here in your, um, let's say, new home? Yeah. Uh, hello. Thanks for having me. My name is Nikki. I've been living in Houston, Texas for the past 11 years, going to 12 years. Um, I'm going to be 40 in just a matter of few months. Right. Um, yeah, all right. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm excited right. for Wonderful. a lot of things still. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yay. So have a happy early birthday. Uh, Thank yeah, you so much. It's, it's a fun one to be in. Uh, so you mentioned that you've been here in Houston, uh, for uh, almost 12 years now. And was that, um, your only city here in the U S since, uh, moving to the U S or did you live in other States as well? No, this was my point of entry. Well, okay. let's take you a few steps back. I okay. got married. My husband was in the U S mm -hmm. so I came here when I was 28. Um, okay. um, he lived in Houston. So by default, I stayed in Houston and I actually fell in love with this city. Nice. Uh, we have attempted to move a few times, but uh, no, we said, you know what? No, we love this city. <laughs> we love um, everything about it. And um, I've, I've visited few other cities, um, mm -hmm. you know, honeymoon and travel and everything. But um, no, the main city that I resided was Houston. So one question I didn't ask you, which I should have asked you first, was uh, where are you originally from? Where did you come from? Uh, I'm Persian. I'm from Iran, um, mm -hmm. Persian slash Iranian. Um, I'm sure pretty much these days, everybody at least heard of order too. Although we used to be small community in Texas, but it seems like over the past few years, we're growing and becoming a more... Um, a little bit more bigger community comparing to other states. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of Iranians here in Houston for sure. Right. Um, so this is a this is a podcast talking about home and identity. So there are, those are the two main topics that we're gonna we're gonna cover today. And um, for those of us immigrants uh, who have lived in various places, those two words have several meanings. And so uh, I'd like to kind of examine them in in your case in specific. So. Let's go back to uh, Iran, if you don't mind. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, life there and uh, which city did you live in? How uh, was the sort of the environment around you? Kind of paint us a picture of what it was like living there and uh, growing up there. 
Right. Uh, wow, seems like centuries ago. Um, lifetime before, ago, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I know, lifetime ago. Uh, before I start, you know, dive into the questions and answering, I do want to highlight something. Mm-hmm. I haven't been lived in that community, in that culture for 12 years. Yeah, of course. They went through a lot of changes. So I'm not representing today's society. I'm literally representing whatever I'm coming from, from 12 years ago. <laughs> Absolutely. From my hometown that can be different. So this is like um, a lot of things have changed. But again, this is my personal experience. So I, I just wanted to highlight this for your listeners that yeah. A, I'm not representing anybody. I'm not representing today's society. Kids course, have changed. Yeah. Of course, yeah, I mean, and I appreciate you highlighting that because I think it is important, and um, we will go through it a little bit during the conversation as well. But I think that it is important to to note that because um, a lot of the experiences that we have are very personal experience, and they don't necessarily represent um, the society as a whole. Um, but I think you know all of these experiences are um, are important, and those collective experiences really make the society as a whole uh, as what it was back then and what is becoming that is uh, especially during these recent uh, years and months especially uh, which we will uh, we will cover that as well um but yeah I, I really appreciate you saying that because a lot of times we do forget about that so thank right. you for i mean that. It, it's kind of you you kind of freeze in that timeline so yes. i sometimes i caught myself even listening to the music I can't relate with any of the new singers or, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I see them, I understand them, but it's strange for me. So it kind of, you pack everything that you have as an immigrant, you put it in your briefcase, any memories, anything, and you kind of frozen time. And that's, that's what you have with you. So I figured I would be just, you know, kind of good to share at that point. Um, I think you and I were talking about this during our first conversation a few weeks ago. Um, sometimes when I speak to my relatives who still live in Iran, um, especially my cousins who are similar to age than, uh, to, to me, and we grew up together, and sometimes I say a word, which in my mind is a very normal word, it's ordinary, and they start laughing. And when I say, why are you laughing? What did I say? And they say, oh my God, I hadn't heard this word in 20 years. I'm like, oh yeah, because that makes sense. I haven't you know? been there for over 20 years. So yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> you know, the things right. that, even language, even, you know, the things that Everything. we think that are normal. It's it's a right. living society. It's a living language, living culture. So things are constantly changing That's and evolving. Um, and when you've left at a certain point of time, you kind of leave it in that frozen as you mentioned I, I love right. that word at that time and then you kind of move forward and experience different things but what you have in mind are memories and are pretty much frozen in like time capsule that you that's, have from that's from that true time. that is so yeah. true so going back to your question i'm from mashad actually it's right. considered a religious city in iran however only um some parts of it are very religious. The other parts are actually very westernized, modern. It's a big city. Um, um, I can consider myself a privileged kid. I had a very good upbringing. Um, 
uh, we live in a nice neighborhood and I had my bachelor at some point I said you know what I'm kind of bored I'm gonna go get my master <laughs> and you know I went back and got my master at, I had my own business there it was um um like an engineering consultant uh, mm-hmm. slash educational. Um, I had an office, you know, I had my own, whatever another 20 something year old was doing. I was living my life, <laughs> not thinking about getting married. That was like literally not my agenda. Right. Um, again, society was different. So having girlfriend, boyfriend was like, no, 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 no. But there were yeah, groups that we would go out. We would go to coffee shops, to malls. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we think that we're rebels, but <laughs> we were pretty <laughs> much living the life. And um, all, of, all of a sudden, um, my husband happened. <laughs> and <laughs> right. in a matter of probably six months, I was like, okay. I got my visa, I got my ticket, I'm on the plane. Um, mm-hmm. I remember sitting at the airport and um, they called me actually. I said, oh God, what is wrong? Oh, and no. they called me to the office and one of my friends actually, uh, she didn't make it to say goodbye to the airport. So mm-hmm. she she made something like it, um, she did like a handmade, um, it was like, a tablecloth kind of thing okay. but she wanted me to have it as a souvenir but she didn't made it to the airport so she handed oh. to the security office they called me <laughs> which caused me a heart attack if of you're course. coming from that country you know what I'm talking about and I was like of okay course. thank you but seriously <laughs> you scared the out of me <laughs> but right. I was pretty much excited it's a long flight it was like so 17 18 hours flight mm-hmm. with or mm-hmm. without a stop and you do have a stop yeah. depending if you're coming with what airline either in turkey or dubai you do have a stop and i remember being so excited that i had no clue that i just left everybody in everything Behind, yeah and i was like you know it's it, it's it's all in a haze because i was just so excited because Literally, me and my husband, uh, we we briefly met in Iran. Mm-hmm. He came yeah. back uh, after almost 15 years. He went okay. back for a visit. We saw each other, fell in love. I yeah. mean, super, super Hollywood story. Right. We fell in love. I mean, it was like, okay, because honestly, again, marriage was not in my agenda I was right. living yeah. my life not think, not not even thinking about leaving mm. to go to another country at some point I yeah. want to say maybe I want to go to Canada mm-hmm. but I said no I'm good because again back then you had whatever you needed as bad as, yeah it, and it wasn't yeah. as bad as it was now right so I, I didn't feel the need to leave but then it still did not hit me that I left everything the company that I built and I was like it's like my child I left my family I left my pet Mm -hmm. I I mean you name it my clothes my shoes you know 
as a girl, basically just living with a couple of suitcases. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Uh, It's a new culture. It's a new country. I'll go and do shopping there. Whatever suits there, because I don't know what I'm looking. Yeah. So it was all excitement because I'm going to start a new life. I'm going to, you know, be with my husband. We're going to have our own house. Um, Well, back then was an apartment. Right. Yes, of course, of course. (laughs) But still, you know, it's exciting. And I want to go back to uh, some of the points that you mentioned um, while you were talking about your really exciting adventure, right? (laughs) Getting married and leaving the country. It's all happening very quickly. Um, Right. But a couple of things that uh, you you did mention, sort of in uh, passing a little bit, one of them not so into passing, was uh, one thing that you said was being at, at the airport and uh, getting called by the security, by the Iranian security. So I think that's right. uh, something that I kind of want to uh, highlight a little bit for um, a lot of the listeners who are not familiar with this uh, kind of fear and anxiety. Um, because for instance, if you're here in the U S and you're at the airport and the security comes to you for whatever reason, it's, it's not a walk in a park. You still kind of get a little bit nervous. <laughs> what are they calling me for? But yeah. it's it, very different from that kind of, uh, deep anxiety and fear that comes to you when the security, when an Iranian airport security comes to you, because especially if you're moving to the U S because you don't know if they're arresting you for something. If they're going to label you with some ridiculous thing that's going to prevent you from traveling, um, you you, you have no idea, right? So all of these things are happening. You're not feeling secure until you hit your stop um, flight. And I'm actually glad you mentioned the word secure because a lot of times when we think of police and security in um, our sort of local, uh, now Houston sort of society, there are some things that are that are kind of attached to these words from social experiences and so on, but um, it's very different from what we experience in Iran, which uh, sometimes even mean imprisonment or um, disappearance, right? And those are not the things that people relate to. No, no, and you planet. don't understand that you're under pressure and you're under, you know, that anxiety until it happens to you. So for the yes. few. I'm going to say a few months that I was still here. Mm -hmm. Every time I saw a police car, I would just immediately go back to my hair looking for my scarf. So now I want to tell a little bit of a short story about that. My, uh, the way that I was raised, my family, they're not religious people. Mm -hmm. They were not. My my dad, Mm -hmm. my mom, they were very open-minded. They said, you know what? We were born Muslim. But up to you. And my dad has a motto. As long as you don't embarrass yourself, do whatever you want to wear, whatever you want to wear, and behave whatever you want to behave. I'm not there to police you. You should should be to that point. Knows that if you're wearing this dress, for example, you're drawing negative attention or you're doing good. Right. So I'm coming from that family and, you know, um, um, people don't get to see it on TV because the TV's control and it's like a state TV. So it's very yes. selective images of people. Right. But if you do like a um, um, simple Google search, mm-hmm. nowadays people in Iran, you see that, that the hijab is not like almost it's not there. It's yeah. um, I used to tell one of my American friends that Iran is in Middle East. It's surrounded by mostly Arab countries. 
So the basic conception is like, oh, it's like, you know, the hijab is like the Arab countries or we're different. Maybe yeah. that comes from a lot of trouble that we're having in Middle East because we're different. Uh, I know yeah. a lot of Iranians want to convert their religion if they want um but um but you, you know, can't you, they, they can't not, they're gonna get yeah, executed you know it's not absolutely but we but when i tell people that hey we do have jewish people in iran like they are mm-hmm. iranian jewish we do have christian iranian we do have zoroastrian um we do have atheist you know not everybody is muslim there and again, Muslim, they're mainly you're born with it and it's up to you to keep the faith or, you know, younger generation, they want to go yeah. and explore. So uh, back to that fear and anxiety. Yes, it it is fearful. Like you really don't know if you're going to get on that flight or not. And exactly. with with what happened, unfortunately, three years ago, which these um, days are going to be the unfortunate anniversary for that event. I I I never felt myself going sitting on a plane and go back. Yeah. It r- literally makes you wonder if you'll ever go back if um the situation remains as it is now uh with the way that the government is behaving and the way that it's uh um treating its own citizens. It's it's really disheartening and for those of us who still have family back home and and by back home i mean back in iran we'll we'll talk about home quite a bit but yeah um it's it's really unnerving because um i personally didn't even say goodbye to my grandmothers when they passed i couldn't travel back uh it's not safe and no it's it's scary and Especially uh, in a circumstance that we are right now with uh, uh, everything politically and socially changing in Iran, it's uh, even more, uh, for the lack of a better word, um, unthinkable to go back. It's extremely it's, dangerous. It's, extre- it's extremely dangerous. Especially when you have kids, you think, okay, yes. I'm going to ruin their lives for just the last look that I can get from my grandfather or grandmother mm-hmm. or my aunt, um, you name it, I've lost family members, um, I've gained family members. Yeah, exactly. I, I cannot relate to them. To yes. me, and again, time freezes 12 years ago. So um, it's hard, you know, it's it hard. And to see what's happening in Iran, um, I... <laughs> There's always a bright side to everything. Unfortunately, the bright side to all this manslaughter and genocide was now people around the world get a better view of who really Iranians are. They're not what you see on the state TV. Yeah. They they are your neighbor. They they are your colleague, you know. They 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 are normal people. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, with uh, every event that's happening, especially these days, uh, that are so uh, just horrifying to look at. There are times that I can't even go on my Instagram because I'm just so fearful of what am I going to find out next. And it's too much. Uh, there are times that my husband has to tell me, just please take a break for a few days because you are losing your mind and it affects your ability to even parent your children. And so it's, it's a huge deal. Um, but Again, 
going back to this uh, to this beautiful ward home that we're trying to examine during these these conversations that I'm having with all of my wonderful guests is how do you define home? What is home for you, right? Because we talk about home so casually. And I've had that experience with so many of my friends, especially my American friends, especially my American friends who um, have not moved away from their family and their loved ones. And the word home gets thrown around so, um, again, casually, without a second thought. And I I see you getting emotional. And fortunately, the, the audience is not seeing you right now, but it's, I, I, I see the tears spot. coming. Yeah, it's, it's a soft spot. It's a sensitive spot because home to us means something different. And to each one of us immigrants or expats or somebody who even travels a lot, um, it means something different. So I want to know um, what it means to you. And how do you define that? And how have you been able to make, if you have been able to make peace with this, with this term home in the past 12 years? What do you Again, think of it when somebody it, sends, it says home? It is a softer spot. Home is a softer <laughs> spot. It's not a casual word. It's, it has deep roots in you that you may not even notice how deep it is, but it is deep. If you asked me that question 12 years ago, I would say, well, Home is where my parents are, where my siblings are, where my work is, where my circle of friends are, where my hobbies are. That's my home. You may even give the physical address of your house, right? And that's, that's my, my home. home. Right, right. right. Exactly. That is home. What a silly question. That's my right. home, you know, street one or two. What, what is there to think about exactly? I know. You don't think about it until you pack everything. Mm-hmm. You get on a plane, not knowing are you ever coming back or not, mm-hmm. and you're excited, you're sad, and you're depressed at mm-hmm. the same time to start from below zero, yeah. re- relearn everything. Mm-hmm. Literally, I had to relearn how to shop because um, if... To me, I believe Iran is more close to Europe countries Mm -hmm. and America is different. So for me, I had to relearn, oh, especially in Texas, that everything is like a corporate wise and you don't (laughs) see a lot of mom and pop businesses. Um, It was like, oh, wow. So, (laughs) you know, you got to relearn. So my husband grabbed my hand and said, this is where you got for your clothes this is the mm-hmm. grocery store this is that the, oh oh my god the pharmacies are even like a chain store interesting <laughs> cool you know these are all yeah. new and then you start building you start building you start building mentally emotionally physically mm-hmm. you grow you grow up now over this process, it's a lot of challenges because you get to know the aspects of your personality that you may not even know they were there, but God mm-hmm. knows they are coming to the surface. <laughs> They're going to eat you alive and then say, okay, 
So you're literally getting to new skin, maybe skins. Yeah. Now, after almost a decade, a little bit over a decade, I can say, this is my home. Mm -hmm. And that was my home too. Yeah. I have roots in both places. I can relate to both places. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I'm a stranger to both places. Now, for my kid, it's different. Of course. Yeah. Both of my kids, um, I'm a mom of two, by the way, and a dog. <laughs> and a 23-year-old so stepson. And a 23-year-old stepson. Um, um, for, for them, it's different. I mean, they, my daughter get to see my parents when she was uh, three years old, like physically. Mm-hmm. Before yeah. that, it was just a screen. Yeah. So she's different from me. She cannot, she doesn't have the memories of growing up with 30, 40 cousins and yes. going, you know, family places and doing traditions and everything. So back to the home question, both of these places are home to me. Now, what hurts me is when I say, here's my home, some people say, and, and there are a few. I was very fortunate to come across this type of people, like barely four or five people, four or five incidents, mm-hmm. but still oh, it, hurts. That's good. it hurts. But it still does. Deep yeah. Deeply. Because yes. it hurts deep. They say, oh, you were not born here. Why do you call it home? Well, I built a life here. I literally built myself again. I'm a, I'm a new person. And then some people from back in Iran, they said, you don't belong here anymore. I mean, they may mm-hmm. not say this straight to your face, but you get the look. But you know it. You yeah, get the exactly. look. This is not and your I, home anymore. I do want to highlight another thing that uh, you so beautifully mentioned, which was the you are from both places, but you're also a stranger in both places. Exactly. Because you don't belong in either. You, you can't be fitted in a box in either yeah. place. Because... Not, and, and we're not just talking about the differences in language, uh, culture, um, where to sort of shop or um, what, what is the paperwork like for, for a doctor's visit or we were, we were talking about the, the hospital visit for childbirth and how like it's so different. But, you know, and a lot of times we joke about these things and now we can laugh about it, you know, several la- years later, exactly. you know, six years ago when I was giving birth to my first child, I just wanted to pretty much slap everybody that was coming across my way when I was at the hospital. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, it's, um, it, it, again, it's something that we are talking about and we are able to talk about now uh, at this stage of our lives, because um, what you had mentioned, I experienced the same thing. I felt that the first 10 years being away from Iran uh, were the hardest and most challenging years. And once that first decade passed, I felt like I somewhat belonged to this new home, to this new country. Right. And, you know, the things that a lot of times people don't realize when you come from a different um, different country, different culture, different language and all of that is that it, it takes time and it you do have to build yourself back up from, from below zero, as you mentioned. You, you have to work really hard. But something that... It's it's forgotten a lot of times is that as a child, when you grow up in your, um, let's call it home country, um, 
or your motherland. As a child, we are very adaptable to new things. We learn languages very quickly. We uh, adapt to a new uh, environment very quickly. As an adult, that's very different it's because different. you you've already been through what we call it a lifetime. I and now you have a life, you know. <laughs> and now you have to start it all over again. And that's something that um, my husband is American, and when I first met him. And I would sort of tell him about these things here and there sort of in, uh, in, in a conversation. Or even when we talked about uh, a, a topic and he, he still does it sometimes and now I can just poke fun at it. But um, at the beginning, especially when he would, for instance, um, fix my English or a pronunciation of word and things like that, I would get embarrassed. And I felt really bad. And I was like, oh my gosh, uh, is he going to view me as somebody who's not very intelligent? And I felt that way about uh, my college friends as well. I went to to college here in the U.S. And that thought was always in my mind that I don't want to be viewed as somebody who's not intelligent enough or not smart enough or um, somebody who's below other people, you know, because a lot of times you feel that way. That's true. But I believe it comes from our culture and the way we were raised because we are raised in a way that you have to look perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. There is not no, you know, it's like absolute zero tolerance for being imperfect. Mm-hmm. This was one of my culture shocks. Right. Yeah. That you can like, make mistakes and it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. Yeah, Everybody makes wrong mistakes. With that. Right. When, when um, I really wanted to, you know, socialize here because I didn't have any family or family members here. It was just basically me, my husband and his son. Mm-hmm. And then um, I didn't go to college because I was, I mean, I was done. You had already graduated from yeah. Yeah, with so a master's had, degree. Yeah. Right. So I, I needed to kind of socialize and learn the society, learn the tradition. So I started going to a church that was close to my apartment. Right. Kind of start, you know, doing a little bit of volunteer work here, attend this class and attend that class. And um, in one of the Sundays, um, services and it was not a small church so it was like a few hundreds people and wow, the okay. pastor was like talking about that oh yeah I was an alcoholic and um, you know what it was bad but then I decided you know what I want to change my life and he was talking about his journey and it shows his power that he yeah. was able to overcome and change his life for the better. But yeah. what was in my mind was like, what if somebody just think, oh my God, he's an alcoholic. I, I bet not a single person was thinking that. Everybody right. was thinking that he is a powerful person that mm-hmm. overcomes such a horrible beast and now he's yeah. living a good life. That was a light bulb. I said, uh-uh. You got to change the way you're thinking. Mm-hmm. You got to mm-hmm. empty your cup, learn to think. Yes. So there is a lot of good things about our culture and traditions, but there is a lot That's of not outdated <laughs> stuff, you know, Absolutely. that you got to get rid of it, get rid of it. Yes. And then I start to pick up a lot of good things from the American culture. Mm -hmm. I do Mm -hmm. love a lot of things about them. I'm like, I I ask them, I try to learn them. I 
try to do it with my kids. I say, you know what? I'm here for a better life. I'm going to make my kids a better life. So I got to change. But there are a few light bulb moments in the first (laughs) couple years. There's a a lot of it. Yeah. I know. Right. And it's, it, you know, it's, it's interesting because things are just accepted as, as they are and you don't have to think too much about it. And, uh-uh, and you and, don't get that judgment. No, no, you don't. And, no and it's wonderful. And, and that's one of the things that um, I'm learning this on a daily. And nowadays I, I poke fun at myself all the time. I, I make fun of me all the time. And I, one of the things that I always say is I'm a lifetime newbie at everything. I'm a lifelong newbie. I'm a newbie at everything. So you just at life, I'm a newbie because I'm constantly trying to learn and I'm constantly having these light bulb moments or aha moments that come to me. And you're right. Like, That's true. Oh, I didn't think about it this way. This is interesting. And like you said, there are a lot of cultural things that um, are, are shocking to us and literally it culture is. shock when you come in. And it's not just about the physical things that you see out there, but also, like you mentioned, the mentality of um, our culture and how things are. And one of the things that... Um, Again, I I experience this on a daily because I live with a non-Iranian, right? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, and the things that sometimes he asks me or the things that I ask him, it shows that big difference between the cultures, but also the very similarities that we have as well True. that binds us together. Um, one of the things that um, many of the listeners probably won't even relate to or or, or, or know why it's so funny about this is. Um, Persian language, Farsi, um, there are a lot of unspoken words in our um, day-to-day conversations, right? And you literally have to read in between the lines because a lot of things are not spoken. You just have to know from the either the context or the culture you're in. And they change city by city as well. And they change um, in in various subcultures of, of our whole Iranian I mean, culture because level of the society you're in you're yeah, the middle exactly. class are you in the upper class or i mean right and also which backgrounds do you come in because a lot of the the things that may not be obvious to non-iranians is that iran as a country it's not a huge country but it does have a lot of um subcultures and a, a lot of uh, different people from different backgrounds and different um even lang- language backgrounds or cultural or religious backgrounds coming in, like as you were mentioning, there are various religions uh, still in Iran. But aside from that, if we if we think about it, this is a country that's coming from thousands and thousands of years of um, of people living there with with their own languages and cultures and so on. And now we're putting these uh, what I call it arbitrary borders around them, and. So my family comes from Khuzestan, which is the southern, okay. western uh, side of Iran. You're coming from northeast I'm side coming of Iran. From northeast. Right, right, so right. we can, you, you and I can have conversations and laugh about this because our food probably is even different. The way that you make, for instance, uh, the the famous soup ashreshte might be very different from the way that my family is. <laughs> you, you said it. You said it. <laughs> so one of the things that we were laughing, well, my husband was like really, the culture shock for him coming into this culture, or my culture rather, was um, the tradition of serving tea. When you enter somebody's house, the first thing they do is after 
insisting that you come and sit down, even if you are in a hurry. Right. <laughs> you sit down for ten minutes and have a cup of tea. And so, first of all, that was strange to him. It's like, why, why should I have tea? I was like, because you're gonna have tea, whether you like it or not. Tea. You're gonna have tea. You're <laughs> so starting sit to down and have your tea. Exactly. You just do it. <laughs> and I remember the first time he came to um, to my parents' house to visit. Uh, I think it was during a Christmas or some holidays. We had some other family relatives coming and visiting as well, and so he was seeing this whole Persian culture in full swing. And by whole Persian culture, I have to put a parenthesis here because I have a lot of um, relatives, close relatives coming from other countries as well. For instance, in this particular case, um, my cousins whose uh, mom, my aunt is Colombian, were also there. So it wasn't just your pure Persian thing, but nevertheless. So my mom brought in the tea and, and my husband was like, he's a very observant person. <laughs> so looking, And um, he looked at me and he goes, I don't understand. Some people are not taking the tea and some people are taking the tea. I'm not hearing words. I'm just seeing sort of like gestures or like a hand gesture coming over something like that. Or I'm only hearing a thank you, but it's not a yes thank you or no thank you. How do I approach this? (laughs) It was was so hilarious because to me it was like, oh, uh, that's a question. That's that's a for real question. I was like, really? Because this doesn't make sense. With nature, it's natural. Exactly. You do that, okay? <laughs> it's so deeply woven into your it into is. your soul that you you know what to expect, right? But yeah. it's it's taken us. I've been with him for almost thirteen years, and he still jokes about it. Now he knows when when he's offered tea, he knows he was a yes or no. And my parents have right. sort of. Um, developed their expectations with him right that's true to me the key is talking if yeah if and be open to it this is what i always say if we people different people from different Mm -hmm. cultures if we just talk to each other and listen to each other i bet there would be not this much hatred and you know being thick walls in stigmas between other peoples because Absolutely. there are some nonsenses that even are common, like knock on the wood. Are you yes. serious? <laughs> or, or the devil eye? Or like, I'm like, oh my God, it's just amazing. <laughs> the superstitions is everywhere. <laughs> they are the same. So why would I start hating somebody else for being different? Yeah. Because I just don't know them. But if you talk, it would be, you know, it would be very much different. It would be a better place. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's uh, it's in very important to have that conversation, as you mentioned, because there are so many things that we don't know about one another. Like I said, you and I come from the same country. We are very similar in age. But our experiences are very different, um, even within that same culture and that same language. And there might be things that you disagree with me and vice versa. But if we sit down in sort of a uh, civilized conversation and want to just talk about it over a cup of tea, uh, most likely. (laughs) A saffron tea. (laughs) A saffron tea. Everything will be fine. And um, I work for a... um, it's a European-based company, but uh, it's a very international company. We have uh, folks from everywhere. And one of the things that um, we always laugh about is um, we come from various backgrounds, 
But there's one thing that we always have in common, and that's our love of learning about others and our love of food. So when you put the two together, <laughs> everything's great. Can't beat that. <laughs> you can't beat that. That is true. So one thing that we haven't really touched on,、uh, which is The other side of this、uh, this whole podcast that I want to also focus on, which, which is identity, we did talk a little bit about it about being strangers in our own homeland, whichever homeland you want to take, whether it's Iran or、exactly. the U.S. Right. So, how do you now,、um, after over a decade of being here, how do you describe you yourself and your identity and how you feel about that? Do you think it's still ever changing every day? Um, or definitely. Do you have a clear idea of it? As you mentioned, I'm going to be a lifelong newbie. <laughs> Short answer to your question is: I'm a proud Persian American.、Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't separate these two. I can't say I'm American and forget about where I've come from. I cannot say I'm Persian and forget about where I'm here. This is my home, and that is my home. <laughs> So that would be the short answer. With immigration, moving, packing everything, I mentioned earlier, you get to know layers within your personality.、Mm-hmm. You become another person.、Yeah. You don't know it until after a few years you go back and visit your family. Now I haven't gone back in Iran, but、um, I had. Pre-pandemic, I was able to go and see my parents in Turkey, yeah, and my sisters.、Mm-hmm. I I could say that I've changed. I've become a different person, which、yeah. I like it. It、yeah. seems to be more mature.、Mm-hmm. Um, this new person is open to learn. She's more mature and she's strong.、Mm-hmm. I made it through childbirth, pandemic.、Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Being unemployed, not loving my job, loving my job, being in a company that I love, going through debt, being you know, doing good in life, living in an apartment, having a house.、Mm-hmm. I went through all of these. You know, if if I wanted to stay the same, the same girl that I left、mm-hmm. Iran, I could not survive. And now, I gotta give credit not just to myself, but Um, I had a husband. I still have it. <laughs> he was there every step of the way. He helped me. I learned、yeah. from him. I learned from my stepson.、Um, I learned from my the people that I used to work, the people that I'm working with、um, since 2013. I've started with this company. Uh, a great company, great people. I love them, and they literally become my family.、Uh, I had my baby shower there. I had my bridal shower there.、Oh, you know,、great. they they、yeah. were there, especially especially with my firstborn. When they knew that because of the travel ban, my parents cannot, especially my mom, cannot be there, and I was panicked. I was freaking out.、Yeah, It's、course. my first child, and we we were not raised. To know the limit and the strength of our power, what、yeah. the the limit of our power, how strong we can be. We were always raised to lean on somebody, you、mm-hmm. know. Oh, you're a girl. Um, let me put your car to the mechanic shop for you. You don't <laughs>、yeah. do that. 
Uh, Let me fill up the gas for you. Remember that? Let me fill the gas for you. I did that. It might sound silly, but the first time I put gas in my car, I was 28. And I called my dad. I said, guess what I did today all by myself? (laughs) And he said, what did you do? I said, I put gas in my car. And remind you, I've been driving since I was 18. And I had my own car. Never step out of the car. So you don't know that the strength you have inside but i was forced to learn these things it came with a price Mm -hmm. it came with depression it came with anxiety it came with excitement it came with a lot i mean change is not easy no change is painful but it's good it's worth it back to the identity i'm a proud persian american i am both i love it and I'm, I'm willing to learn more. Yeah, it's, it's really great to, to hear this point of view and hear your positive positivity, because change does come with a lot of pain and misery. <laughs> there are times that I literally felt miserable. But it's really good that you also mentioned the community around you, because Living in Iran and coming from that culture, especially when it comes to things like um, having children, um, getting married, you have a lot of support from your family, from your relatives, from your friends that you've had for years. And do you have a lo- one year vacation paid? Yeah. yeah. So imagine I'm having the first child. You know, with all the bells and whistles, they come to the yeah. hospital for you in Iran. Like everybody's there. They throw you party in the hospital. You mm-hmm. get the photographer and everything. And then you get to stay at your mom's house for 40 days. And then right. there is, you know, a tradition of a special shower place and all yeah. night. So you're out of that with just you and your husband. Yeah. You have and now you have to figure board. it out. Yeah. Hey, in three months, you got to go back to work. You got to right. put the kiddo in daycare. Yeah. Oh, good. You know what? With my second kid, I kind of ease into it mm-hmm. because you start learning. You start adopting. Yeah. Do I and like it? you don't it? make the same mistakes I mean, I'll again. Be a lawyer. <laughs> I, just... I know. I'd be a lawyer if I say yeah, I like it. But you know what? My child is learning at daycare. He's happy. I get to stay social and keep my mm-hmm. life rhythm. My life is chaotic, of course. Of course. But you know what? It's different. And to me, it's a good different. I like it. Yeah. And it's, um, it's nice to remind yourself, right, as a person who's already overcome so much that, hey, I'm actually doing good. And that was some, one thing that I had to learn from my husband, uh, talk about a good support system. Um, in our culture, we always, um, <laughs> there's another funny story that I'll, I'll tell you. Hopefully we have time. But um, our culture is the kind of culture that you don't give yourself credit or enough credit for that matter. Uh, it always starts with an apology, right? <laughs> apology oh, to God. everybody for even the best thing that you've accomplished. I still caught myself doing that. I right? still caught myself doing that. <laughs> I had, when I was in uh, graduate school, my professor used to always yell at me and say, stop saying sorry. And then I would say, oh, sorry. And he's like, yeah, doing it again. <laughs> so that's one of the things that you you just have to rewire your brain all the time. And it it gives you 
some satisf- satisfaction several years afterwards, of course, while, while you're going through it, it's, it's frustrating, but it's good to see that you have reached that point in your life that you appreciate who you are and the person that you are and the strong person that you've become. And the differences that you have now with uh, your immediate family members, even back in Iran, your parents, your siblings, uh, they are very much uh, obvious from both sides. I'm sure they they see it as well. And they say, oh, yeah, she's different. She's not the same person. And I, I truly believe that we are not meant to stay the same. We are evolving creatures and we're supposed to learn and evolve and better ourselves throughout lives. That's true. And thankfully, we've been given opportunities to do so. And that's really important to acknowledge that. So I really applaud you for everything that you've gone through and you've come out of a stronger person. And I want to highlight the fact that as immigrants, as even expats, it's difficult to pack up and leave. And many times you do think that you have the option of going back. If everything goes wrong, can I go back? And one thing that I realized, um, and you know, this, this question of home, who I am, what I am, it always has, you know, been at the back of my mind, sometimes in the front of my mind, depending on which situation I'm in. Um, a few years ago, my, my family and I decided to move to Germany. We had the opportunity to go and my children were very young at the time and said, Hey, this might be a good opportunity for them to grow, uh, in a different culture and learn different languages. And for us also to grow and experience something differently. Well, unfortunately, shortly after that, the pandemic happened and things changed. But even going through that and what you said about, um, you know, physical possessions that we have, um, I remember when we were going through our old house and we were, we were selling things and we, we lived in Houston at the time as well. And I was putting a lot of things out for sale because we didn't want to put them in storage. We didn't want to take them with us. We wanted to go as light as possible. And I remember um, our neighborhood has a has a yard sale. For those of you who, know, who don't know what that is, it's you basically put your old possessions and other people come by. And our driveway, which is a really long driveway at that time, was filled with my possessions. Cups, knickknacks, clothes, you name it. Right. And I remember walking down early in the morning once we set everything out and tears were coming down. And my husband said, what's wrong with you? And he said, these are my belongings. And he said, oh, these are just stuff. It's fine. We'll buy them again when we're in Germany. Don't worry about it. And, and I looked at him. I said, I had to leave my stuff in Iran. Now I'm leaving him again here. And that's a soft spot again. Yeah. And yes, I can go buy them, but it's not, it's the, not same. the same. That's you not, know? it's not about the stuff. No, it's about the memories you have with them. It's about, they become kind of your identity, right? And I remember that the first day we arrived in Hamburg, which was in a uh, cold November evening, wow. we arrived and the person who was giving our, um, keys to our apartment which we hadn't even seen in 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 in, re, in real life we had only seen videos of it we said fine so she almost left because our flight was four hours delayed and so we barely caught her got our uh, keys to the apartment there was 
hardly anything in the apartment. It came with basic furniture, but we didn't have anything else. We didn't have pillows, sheets, nothing. Thankfully, the apartment was fairly close to Ikea. And I remember after 20 plus hours of traveling with one of my kids was also sick. He was throwing up up until the time we left. Horrible, horrible experience. So we get there. We go shove in all of our 11 suitcases we came with into the apartment, run to Ikea. And I remember walking in the kitchen section of Ikea and I saw a colander that I had at my home. And I just stopped. And I couldn't move. And my husband saw me and he said, we're buying that today. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a small thing. But like you said, it it hits a very sensitive soft spot. Yeah. And no matter how many times you 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 go through it, it it repeats itself. Exactly. And what you were saying about um, you know immigrants, especially in this case, one thing that was a positive for us in our in our experience in Germany was that um, we could come back. Anytime we wanted to, we could come back. It was a very easy choice for, not a very easy, obviously, it's not easy to move internationally, but it was a choice, right? It was not forbidden. (laughs) It wasn't impossible. But something that a lot of times people don't realize about immigrants who move from difficult countries, in our case, in Iran, you don't have that option. No. And the most hurtful thing you can say to an immigrant is go back home. Go back to your country. Go yeah. back to your country. Why don't you just they, go back may, where you come they, from? To them, they may just be like a few words. I throw it out of insult, but it's a salt on a deep wound. Like, oh, yeah. where's home for me? This mm-hmm. is my home. This is all I know now. This is all I'll be in the life. Yeah. So. It's, yeah. it's hard. It's, it's a hard. hard. It's a hard one. And it's something that we live with on a daily that's true. And and this is why I want to talk about this and I want to talk to um, as many people I can I can convince to talk about this. And I appreciate you doing that. There's a stigma about immigrants, especially at least the, the state, the city that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Persian culture, Iranian culture, um, it's kind of unknown and there's a stigma yeah. about it. Um I came across people that uh, say, oh, so are you Indian? <laughs> right. No. Yeah. yeah. Do you speak Arabic? No. No. <laughs> no. Do you ride in camels? I said, do you ride in horses in Texas? <laughs> right. If you do, then yeah, I do ride. No, I haven't seen a single live camel in my 28 in my years life in Iran. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, No. It's different. Yeah. And not all of them comes from, you know, because, because they want to insult you. It comes from that they don't know you. It's curiosity. They don't know this community. Yeah. And they're asking out of curiosity. And I just answer them as much as I can. Yeah. So I really appreciate, really, really appreciate you doing that. One thing that I want to add this, I'm really grateful for this country. I'm really yeah. grateful for the people. Yes. Um, they gave me opportunity to become a better person, to be, to build a better life. Mm-hmm. Um, and all I can say, I'm really grateful. 
And thank you for mentioning that because it's not, um, it shouldn't be taken lightly because yeah. it is, it, for me personally, um, being here in the U.S. has been a savior because as you mentioned, had you stayed in Iran, you would not have been the strong person that you are today. And despite all of the difficulties you've gone through, um, I'm not even talking about all of the you know, challenges that we overcome on a daily basis to to fit in or to figure things out. Um, the the kind of open mind that I feel like I have now and the kind of acceptance for people, for other human beings that I feel inside of me now, today, um, I don't think I could have achieved that had I stayed in the same That's country, true. to be honest That's with true. you. Because you don't get to experience all of it. You don't get to... Um, as you said, people ask questions not to be rude, but just out of curiosity because they want to learn as well. That's and true. I'm always happily answering those questions. Sometimes something might annoy me a little bit, but I try to I try to rise above it and get get over that annoyance quickly and say, "Okay, just let me just answer it as as best right. as I can." That's true. Um, because I have asked those <laughs> questions, and in my opinion, there's no such thing as a stupid question because. Those questions allow for conversations and those conversations allow for acceptance and acceptance allows for peace and serenity. That's true. And I think that's important. That's so I appreciate you. Absolutely. So I appreciate you and everybody else who is willing to share their experience and their knowledge and their learnings and findings with others, because we are just building stepping stones for the next generations to, to build on top of that and to be even more accepting and more um, understanding of others. That's true. And can hopefully make a better planet in the end and a better place for everybody to live. Well, we're going to hope for the best. Absolutely. Thank you so much again, Nikki, for sharing your story and spending an hour with me today and uh, really lighten, <laughs> lighten uh, how do I say it? Uh, lighten up my day is what I'm trying to Thank say. Thank you this so much. A... I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you. I really enjoyed talking with you. And in the light of the past hundred days, all I want to say, women, life, freedom. Absolutely. Women, life, freedom. And freedom for Iran and freedom for everybody. Peace. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Peace. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and please don't forget to subscribe. Please join me next time for other amazing stories and experiences of immigrants and expats. Until then, I wish you well.